so many spinning plates right now. Всем привет, добрый пожаловат фильме Весуэд. Wow, that was impressive. Yeah. Um, they won. They finally won. Меня зовут Гавин. Алекс. Dave. Austin. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Films Dave. on Trial. Uh, this week, we're going to be putting uh, The Death of Stalin on trial but uh, just out of interest what did you actually say at the start i said you don't want to know <laughs> I, I said hello everyone and welcome to films on trial ah. he said bow down before me western scum <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, if you've never heard this this show before basically we take a film and we put it on trial there'll also be a lot of banter some biffy impressions some terrible xylophone uh, a quiz a caption contest and a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans but before we do that i think it's time for some news you know Very what's good Very perfect you know what's quite funny here is that that's probably the first one you've got completely right <laughs> and it's, it's the soviet national anthem <laughs> you were also able to introduce it in pretty from from my ears pretty good russian <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a job so far. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's, it's smashing this one out the park today, aren't yeah. we, guys? It's probably the, the song that I practice the most, maybe. No. Um, so what we do here is we go around in a circle and we discuss the most newsworthy topics this week. Uh, so without further hesitation, I think I'm going to kick off things here and I'm going to say that uh, news is that Lucas Hedges, who uh, you may have recognised in three billboards uh, from outside Missouri, uh, no, hang on, I've got that. Ebbing, Missouri, yeah. He was uh, Francis McDormand's uh, son. He is set to play a troubled former child star written by and based on Shia LaBeouf. Really? So, yep. really? Wow. The character, uh, it, well, the film focuses on uh, Shia LaBeouf's childhood and his difficult relationship with his dad. So how do people feel about a Shia LaBeouf biopic? Shia the movie. Yes, um, not great, to be honest with not, you. Not, not, not interested even a little bit. Is he really talented enough to justify a biopic? Well, I mean, it's not... The character isn't called Shia LaBeouf in it. It's about a former child star. Um, so they, they, they play the lines a bit, but it's written by and it's based on Shia LaBeouf's story. Um, you know, he's going to be an executive producer. He's obviously writing the script. Um, so it, it will be about his life, but mm. it won't be you know on the nose see i didn't give a shit before and i really don't give a shit now if he's actually involved in the production of a film about himself it's going to be hard to make that an unbiased portrayal of it i, I it's probably going to be it is going to turn into shyla movie i think so no yeah it's i mean I, I i'm actually interested because it would be a good insight into his life um, it's supposed to kind of delve into the fact that he was kind of thrown into the limelight at too young an age. His dad wasn't there for him at all. You know, maybe he's pushing him into uh, stuff that he didn't want to do. Um, he had a very difficult relationship with his dad that broke down. And I think in the film, his dad um, leaves or abandons him or, you know, is out of the picture. And then later on, 
when Lucas Hedges is playing an older Shia LaBeouf or an older character, the dad is reintroduced into the picture and, you know, it's all about kind of picking up the relationship where they left off. So it sounds like it could be an interesting film, but the fact that Shia LaBeouf is attached to it just uh, it puts me off a little bit. And, mm, uh, you definitely. know, that's probably me just being prejudiced. It, but It just smacks of egotism. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. <coughs> I don't think it works when the actual person's involved in their own biopic. Yeah. So I, I think that can sort Massively of ruin excuse it. Massively doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think it works insofar as if they should be consulted by the actor playing them and maybe spend a bit of time with them so they can get their mannerisms and their character, maybe in their voice nailed, but they shouldn't be writing it. You know, it reminds me, if you, do you remember that film Joy with uh, yes. uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence in it? Yeah. So, like, I, I was watching that film thinking, God, this is very skewed towards her as a character, like everyone else is a demon or, you know, putting her down. And then at the end it was like, ah, she was, the person it was based on was actually wrote the help to write the film was involved in the production and it was just went out okay so this isn't i don't feel like i've actually gotten a proper view of her life here you know so that that puts me off completely yeah it's it's always difficult i was just trying to think if there's been any other films where the person who the film is based on has been heavily involved in the creation of it um i I know one that i saw recently and obviously he he didn't have anything to do with the writing process but it was very skewed was uh, the greatest showman about P.T. Barnum. I think that glossed over a hell of a lot of that guy's life. It did, but I don't think P.T. Barnum had anything to do with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I th- I th- I th- it was quite a funny thought. I was watching that. I was thinking P.T. Barnum would approve of this film massively. It is all glitz and showbiz and it doesn't actually hit anything true at all. It's just selling something with a lot of lies and, and yeah. curios well you never know that might be in the hat <laughs> <laughs> and as, far, as far as people are working on their own biopics i think mel gibson would argue that jesus had a hand in that something <laughs> in quite a few of his films <laughs> okay so uh, so moving on uh, hang, hang on oh my word guys can you smell that oh no <laughs> oh, <yeah>. oh no <laughs> Man, I, I, you know what that is? That is egotism right there. You know, I was bigging myself so much for playing the xylophone well and then completely bodged the organ. Okay, Shia uh, LaBeouf could learn a few things. So Austin, uh, can you tell us what The Rock has been up to recently in our installment of Can You Smell What The Rock Is Cooking? So The Rock is, uh, I think we've we discussed it once before, but he's uh, he's lined up to be Black Adam in uh, in Suicide Squad 2. And obviously with all of this uh, oh. excitement over the Avengers Infinity Wars. You know, DC don't want to be outplayed, and um, he's, he's back. Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, he's uh, he's definitely being Black Adam, and he's uh, he's looking pretty buff. So, I think there we if, go. What if, do we think? If DC didn't want to be outplayed, that boat has sailed a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, in fact, it, it did. It sailed with Suicide Squad one. Yeah, so, I think they're yeah. they're already outplayed, outmatched, and in a corner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> crying for help. Shot. Yeah. <laughs> but. The world's most bankable man, That's the true. most bankable man in Hollywood. Maybe he's the savior. Maybe. Well, it's the, quite the a catch. Yeah. The thing is, is that so far there's been well, like every other DC film, a lot of stumbling blocks. So originally uh, he was signed up to play Black Adam. I think he signed on about two or three years ago. Um, and, and the intention was that he was going to have a solo film because Black Adam is quite a, a big character in, in uh, DC. He's kind of like a, an anti-hero. So he's, he's a bad guy, but he's also a good guy, you know, a bit like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he was originally supposed to be in his own, uh, his own film, but then he was, it, but that was changed and he was going to be the villain in the Shazam movie, 
but the Shazam movie has actually started filming and he is not involved and instead they've pushed his introduction back to perhaps be the main villain in Suicide Squad 2 so uh, you know it, it leads me to believe that um, I, I don't know maybe they've got doubts about the character or, or maybe they're kind of trying to hold it off as Austin said to do something really enormous with him to try and rival the buzz that's surrounding Infinity War what do you, what do you guys think? Whose villain was Black Adam originally? Who? Uh, well, he was uh, Shazam's villain, but he also fought off and helped su- uh, Superman quite a lot as well. So okay, so, he, so possibly a Superman tie-in here. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be his saga. Um, I don't know. I've got my doubts. I think DC are without a paddle a bit at the moment. I think they've fallen flat one too many times. Wonder Woman almost clawed it back for him. Actually, I think Wonder Woman did, but then it was all that work yeah. was undone by Suicide Squad. Yeah. I think The Rock certainly won't hurt them. Certainly won't hurt them. At the end of the day, this is a man, even if he lands up in an absolute pile of crap film, he will embrace it and he will just carry on doing what he does. And, you know, I don't think anyone's going to hold that against him. He will come out of this smelling of roses, even if the film's terrible. And you know what? He may boost it. He may save it. He won't damage it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good, Dave, you, yeah. You, you could pack Suicide Squad 2 with all my favourite actors. You could have Jack Nicholson in it. You could have, like, Kirk Douglas. <laughs> like, you could bring, you know, Grace Kelly, Kevin Catherine Costner. Hepburn. You could Kevin Costner, definitely. And you could have them all in it, and I still wouldn't go and see it. After watching Rod Steiger. <laughs> bring Rod Steiger back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once bitten, twice shy. I'm not, I'm not seeing Suicide Squad 2. Oh, my words. Wow, very, very powerful statements. Um, actually, Suicide Squad is in the hat, uh, so... It'd be very interesting to see what roles we actually pull out. Yeah, hopefully I'm not a judge because I cannot be impartial on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so thank you uh, very much for the rock news there, Austin. Um, hang on, let's see if I can if we can do this one a little bit better. Hey, smash that one smash that one <laughs> seamless almost as good as your Soviet national anthem <laughs> I'll have to bodge that one now so people stop asking questions okay so and now moving on to a new part of the show Alex right yeah so uh, you know this is what, what do we call it film feels yeah what a segment <laughs> <laughs> sums it up perfectly that, that shows how seriously we're taking this trial yeah, no, period I, of I film films I, I know uh, so you know we, now we're talking about films that we sort of you know have different moods for if we're in a certain mood what sort of film do we like to put on uh, one I thought of for myself was you know what's the perfect Sunday movie Sunday afternoon movie you know before the sort of the blues of it you know thinking about Monday coming up what do you like to put on I've got a perfect one that I love to put on um might surprise you it's it's sahara with uh with the mafia <laughs> i know i know I, I surprised myself with it to be honest um with matthew, the matthew, with matthew McConaughey, McConaughey, steve zahn and i can't remember any anyone else in it Penelope Cruz, is she in that yeah she is yes yeah, yeah. she is well done Dave. Um, <laughs> why, this isn't why? this I, isn't the vigo mortensen one is it no uh, no, no, no. That the, might be a different desert. I think that is, a def- that is yeah, a different. That is a different one. That's a different desert one. Hidalgo. I'm Hidalgo, thinking Hidalgo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never seen this. Sam Elliott's <laughs> in it as well. It's it's got quite a good cast. Um, I don't. I like. I, I'd like to explain why I watch Sahara so much. I'd honestly say I've watched it probably six, seven, eight times. I don't know. I don't know what I've. I seem to have this weird thing where I keep coming back to Sahara every couple of years or so. I think it's possibly because the plot's so forgettable. You just... You have to watch it again. You have to watch it again to to remember it. And I I do find myself entertained. And you know, on a Sunday afternoon, that's that's what I want. So, yeah, don't have... 
Last week it was shoot 'em up. This week it's Sahara. It's, should, <laughs> we should rename this Alex's Confessions. <laughs> guilty, Man, uh, guilty pleasures. So, uh, do you not like Sahara then? Oh, I don't think anybody likes Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, not sure. I honestly, I, I think I think we're going to get a couple of calls or, or tweets maybe from like the only other people in the world who like Sahara. Just yeah, like get, kind of, do get in touch. I would like to know. <laughs> you, you, you're going to make Why a Facebook group fans of Sahara. It'll be you. It will be like the kind of leader, and there'll be three other people. Maybe one of them's <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Just thinking about it now, I'm pretty sure I'm going to watch Sahara again. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's Dave, Dave. What is your perfect Sunday afternoon film? then um you know it probably would be something a bit naff to be honest with you i think alex is on the right vein with this one probably i do like romance in the stone yes maybe something like that that, yeah i I watched that recently something light a little bit of action but nothing too heavy bit of bit of comedy spot on michael douglas (laughs) this is what you need you need michael douglas yeah okay yeah very good very good shout much better than sahara sorry (laughs) come on man man what's going on there i I completely agree (laughs) (laughs) it is i see i don't suppose you even watch films on a sunday i mean what what, what do you go to on a sunday (laughs) Sundays usually uh, sit down and watch whatever Charlotte's uh, Charlotte's watching. But if I do get a chance to watch a film, it probably be I don't know, maybe just a Wes Anderson, something like that. Something yeah. it's like a bit feel good, pretty um, arty, make me sets me up for what I'm going to wear for the rest of the week. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> that that does make a lot of sense. Now, yeah. <laughs> Your wardrobe suddenly just it's, clicked for me. I get it now. It's, it's a Wes Anderson wardrobe. It is, it is man. Oh, oh my god, god, it is. Literally, like it, it feels like that. Like things have fallen into place. Like the end of a Christopher for, for Christopher Nolan film. You know, it's just like, oh my god, it was a Wes Anderson film all along. <laughs> I wondered why all last week you addressed as a bellhop. It's because you lost Grand Budapest Hotel. My word. Uh, well, okay. So for me, I don't have a standard Sunday afternoon film. I what, what I usually do is I spend my Sundays ironing um, <laughs> and I, I, I like to change things up. Um, so this Sunday I I put Event Horizon on because um, I had watched Annihilation recently and I was like, you know what? I really want to watch Event Horizon now. And oh man, it that is a good film. I nearly burned, <laughs> I nearly burned at least three shades because I was too distracted. But that's the type of film that I would like. I, I, I did go through a phase though of every Sunday when I was doing mine and of watching a Disney film, and there was a few ones in there that I was like, you know what, I would watch this again next week. Um, Emperor's New Groove um oh, and also hercules as well i was yes, like man you know these films I hadn't seen for ages and i was like they are very very good i would happily watch them again next week and, and the week yeah. after but you know something light-hearted as you said before yeah. light-hearted maybe a bit of action bit of comedy just an all-round film that makes me feel sorry to bring the rock yeah. back have you seen moana Oh, yeah, that's good. I, have, yeah, actually, I liked yeah. it, yeah. No, that is a good Sunday film. Yeah, Austin, really good. never apologise for bringing The Rock back. <laughs> the, rock, the Rock can sing. Yeah. Who, who knew? <laughs> yeah. Deep down, we all knew he can do anything. But he can yeah. sing. The, the, the Rock is is just an everyman. He can do absolutely anything anyone can do, but bear. Yeah, that's true. He's, he is a demigod. Have you seen him tap dance yet? Oh, give him time. One give day. Him time. <laughs> give him time. Anyway, thank you very much for that, guys. You've also covered next week's uh, question from Alex, which is what film do you like to do the ironing to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. I'll have, to think, I'll have to think of a new one, though. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, right. So, uh, as I said before, if you've never heard this show before, we basically take a film and we put it on trial. Uh, all of our films are pulled at random out of a hat, and this week it is the turn of 
Death of Stalin. Um, so along with the film being picked at random, so are the roles. This week, in the role of defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list, is my good self. And in the role of prosecutor and trying to get this film placed on the old shit list, it's Austin. Uh, in the role of character witness and basically lending their genuine opinion to either side of the argument to throw it a bit of weight is our good friend Alex Bruce and in the role of judge the most important role here because what they're going to do is place the film on the hit or the shit list based solely on the arguments that are put to them and not their opinion is our good friend Captain Dave so without further hesitation should we get a little bit more of an idea about what this film's about uh, by giving a good synopsis so I think um, I think Captain Dave I think it's your turn to be honest mate um (laughs) And has anybody got uh, an accent they particularly want this this read out in? I would like the Yorkshire accent that uh, Jason Isaacs employs. The Jason Isaacs. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Specifically the Jason Isaacs. Version of Yogi Zukov, the Russian field marshal. As a Yorkshireman. Yorkshireman. (laughs) Okay, it's actually a mercifully brief synopsis, this one. Follows the Soviet dictator's last days and depicts the chaos of the regime after his death. Oh, that was, that yeah. was short. Yeah. Very that short, but to the point. Yep, yep. If short only the movie was that short. Well, you know these military men, you know they don't. <laughs> Getting that one in early there, Ozzy, I almost missed that. Okay, so uh, Dave, would you like to kick things off, please? Yeah, certainly. So, Death of Stalin, we've uh, addressed what the film is about. Um, I want to point out this is a comedy. Despite what that synopsis may have read, it is a comedy. So... Who would like to kick things off? I think Gav, should we come to you first? Uh, yep. <laughs> okay, uh, right. So as Dave said, this is about a comedy uh, and it is a very, very funny one at that. Uh, the film is all about the infighting and frantic power struggle that arose after the death of Joseph Stalin uh, to find who the next Soviet leader would be. I mean, it doesn't sound like it would be it would make a very particularly funny film, but the combination of the actual bumbling events that happened after Stalin's death and the rapid-fire wit in which they're delivered make this a truly funny film. The script for this is absolutely brilliant. It's full of acid-tongued dialogue and cutting one-liners punctuated with perfectly timed slapstick. Armando Inucci uh, is a master at creating uh, like lethal political comedies uh, from the thick of it and the subsequent film In the Loop to the Magnificent Veep. And this film is absolutely no exception. The film opens up with a Radio Moscow a classical concert drawing to a close. And just when the final note has been played, the director gets a phone call directly from Stalin asking him for a personal recording. Now, uh, obviously, there wasn't one made. So there is this kind of frantic rush by the director to kind of get the whole cast, get the whole orchestra and the audience back together to play the whole concert again, even pulling randomers in off the street to bulk out the now depleted audience. And this is a very, very funny scene and and the the, the way it's delivered as well by the performers is very very hilarious but the thing that makes it even funnier is that it it would have been absurd if it was a a bit of original writing but the the thing that makes it funny is the fact that it's based on a genuine occurrence that happened and that's what Amato Inucci does so perfectly he enhances the humour in some already funny situations whether it be the guards right at the very beginning who don't check on Stalin after they hear him fall because they were too afraid of disturbing him or if it's Stalin's cabinet deliberating whether to call a doctor for nine hours after discovering him because they were afraid of the repercussions that would you know occur uh, this film captures the whole obsession
absurdity of the situation absolutely perfectly. Uh, the way the characters are written as well as bickering incompetence who talk about the horrors the cabinet administers in such a cavalier way you don't know whether to actually laugh or be horrified the fact Inanucci makes everything so over the top in a way it's almost quite revolutionary in itself uh, the settings in themselves are very very beautiful and grandiose as well some of the scenes are actually filmed in Moscow which I don't know how they actually managed to do but when you when you see it you're like oh my god that's that's a red square there it's it's absolutely fantastic and they also filmed a lot in location in London as well these absolutely grand palaces it, absolutely stunning the cinematography in this film is really really good uh, the score as well I thought was absolutely fantastic it flips between uh, uh, um, early classical 20th century composers such as Shostakovich and Prokhiva um, and this brilliantly inspired um, by the Soviet kind of uh, music of the 1950s score that's written by Christopher Willis I just think there's so many great components of this film that come together to just make it a very very enjoyable experience nice nice very good okay so just to recount for you Gav says it's a very funny film the comedy has done well uh, slapstick elements as well as the political satire um, what makes it all the funnier is that this actually happened. A lot of these instances are true historical events. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. you want to take it from there, Austin? Yeah, well, I mean, as, you, as Gav said, and you very, very eloquently summarised there, is that, yeah, Yannucci's brought this uh, story, the dictator's death and all of the, you know, the political hubbub and the scramble associated with it. And, and like Gav mentioned, uh, on the face of it, it is an odd choice of a film. You know, it's quite a brave choice, um, which is, you know, it, it's in with you know his style. He does that. He does political comedy. He does satire. But um, but for this, I just feel like he's missed. He's missed the mark. You know, he's clearly trying to make a black comedy, um, and it meant he's been a bit liberal with uh, time scales and you know the finer details of some of these events. So um, you know, and he's, he's, he's it's a pretty bleak and difficult material on the face of it. So he's had to. He's clearly had to make some. Um, you know, some concessions, but, uh, but in this case, some of the errors really, really do make a difference. You know, Molotov, he wasn't actually the foreign minister at the time when Stalin died. So, you know, the, he wasn't even in the cabinet, but they just, he happens to be here just because he makes a good storyline. Uh, Zukov, um, who you did such a great accent of, by the way, <laughs> uh, he was, uh, he was actually just a field commander. You know, he wasn't anywhere near, he wasn't the leader of the Red Army. He wasn't anywhere near, uh, Moscow. So he, he wouldn't have had that, that role to play at all. Um, because uh, Stalin was paranoid and jealous of him because he was such a good uh, commander during the war. Um, you know, so he didn't actually become the commander until sort of after his death, you know, 1953. Um, Khrushchev, Khrushchev, uh, he, uh, he actually chaired the meeting, not uh, Malenkov. Um, so that meeting where they're trying to re- reorder the cabinet afterwards. So... Uh, is that the one where he gets given the funeral yes. job? Yeah, yeah, so where they're trying to pick everyone's roles and all that. So it's actually uh, Khrushchev who was in charge of that uh, that actual meeting and not uh, not Malenkov. So, you know, he was, uh, he was a bit more important than he was made out to be in the film. And then uh, that whole Bury as a Rest uh, section, you know, you know, obviously it's it, it's been hammed up and, and sped up for the sake of the movie. But, you know, his, uh, his arrest and his execution, that's like three months after the death, you know, not, not immediately. And, and I get, I get it, you know, he's, he's sped it up to, to make it, you know, it's, it's, it's a long movie anyway. So you've got to speed these things up. You've got to pick out the drama from the real life uh, events, but it's just that, you know, it's hammed up for the sake of the movie and to get some, some laughs. And, you know, I, I did laugh at quite, quite a lot of the film to be perfectly honest, but not because it was satirically funny. You know, some of it's just cheap laughs, you know, like, uh, 
Stalin lying in a puddle of his own piss. That's it's funny because you know it's it's demeaning for for anyone. It's funny regardless, just the way it's the way it's dealt with. But at the same time, it's not it's not satire. It's just a man in a puddle of piss. It's and when you think about it outside of the context, it's a little bit it's a little bit upsetting. You know, it's, it's just it, it sort of it does bring home sort of a just illness you know that's 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 how it is death becomes us all and that's uh that's that's all all it is you know it's not really dealt with very respectfully in that sense so um i just lost my part there i went off on a little rant about (laughs) someone (laughs) lying in a puddle of piss Uh, you know so uh, (laughs) that's it so um you know I, i just felt like the actual the start you know the regime it's uh is it really something you can ham up? You know, if you think about other, other films of, uh, you know, dictators and stuff, I mean, it's quite a different feel, but, you know, Downfall um, is the whole, you know, the Hitler dictatorship and it's bleak ending. You know, you finish that and you've got a real uh, moment of reflection, you know, that the way that finishes. And it's, you know, it's, it, it is powerful. And it, this film seems to suggest that, like, the Stalin regime is a bit of a bit of a farce, you know, and, and I, I can understand, you know, it's along the same lines of the political comedies that Gab mentioned, um, is that, you know, they're just bureaucrats and uh, they're doing their thing. They don't, what they do doesn't affect real life. But um, but it doesn't really touch on that. It doesn't deal with it in the same way that, that um, in the thick of it does, you know, it's not, it's not as funny or as powerful as that. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Stalin murdered like 600,000 people between 37 and 38 and you know and when you re- research a little bit into it which I had to for this you know I didn't know a lot about Stalin I admit I was um I was a bit ignorant of the whole the whole feature but doesn't really treat what happened uh with, with the respect it deserves is what, I, is what I felt so you know there were times when I laughed definitely but it wasn't the satire it was the slapstick element you know it was cheap shots it felt like um you know Zukov's Yorkshire accent you know he throws out the the fucks you know pretty flippantly and uh and it's funny but it's not it's not clever it's just you know lowest common denominator comedy really and that's where i fall <laughs> so okay <laughs> thank you very much man uh gav any rebuttals you want to throw in there or shall i throw over to the character witness uh yeah yeah just to say that um you know that uh, i'll agree with austin that there are some historical inaccuracies but i think you've got to take uh, this film and any film like it with a pinch of salt you know it is trying to make light or you know make a mockery out of uh, real life situations and you know they're kind of trying to inject the humor into an already absurd and, and funny moment um, i don't think yeah i i will agree with austin as well at no point that you know the, the some of the kind of the um the the, the, the the moments where you kind of see the horrors of stalin's regime they kind of felt a bit unnecessary it's kind of they felt um like they weren't dealt with uh, in, in a kind of sensitive way and but i think that was more Ianucci trying to kind of inject uh, moments into the film where you remember hey you know it's it's not just uh, a, a laugh and a joke and you know like he, he does kind of humanize stalin a bit by painting him as kind of this um this figure this sort of like cockney uh, gangster in a way and when ozzy was saying he was lying in a puddle of his own piss that's a kind of thing that you know this is this like mighty you know person that's perceived as like this all uh, you know kind of conquering man 
and it just the end of the day you know he's, he's he's befallen like everybody else by death and you know he's lying in a puddle of his own piss you know that, that that's the kind of thing he's trying to make a comedy um he's trying to make a funny moment out of that um and that's why i think he needs to inject that kind of um realization or remembrance that you know what this guy actually did horrific events and they're kind of juxtaposed throughout the film okay thank you very much alex I would like your opinion on this. I've got some contrasting things coming through here. Ozzy does admit that the film is funny and that he laughed, but it's not necessarily funny because of the satire. It's more funny because it seems so absurd or it seems so reverential, as it were. Um, Gav says the slapstick is good. He says it's a, a lethal political comedy. Um, he says the uh, it relies on scenes that actually happened in real moments in history and use them to a great degree. Uh Ozzy said that they made some fatal historical errors, such as getting everyone's rank and position wrong, um, messing up with the dates, speeding together the timeline. Um, it goes for cheap laughs as opposed to delivering spinning satire. It uh, overuses the word fuck quite a bit, which, as most people will say, is the uh, the desperate comedian's fallback. Mm. So with that in mind, what do you think? Um so you know it is a heavy subject to deal with the in a comedy but i would say it's not the first it's not groundbreaking this this isn't the first time we've looked at the communist you know at this time it's inherently farcical i think in in the history you know you've read books about it and i think even historical books will look at it and and they still pick up on there is there is farce in this time of history so i i don't think i think it's actually sort of I don't think it's groundbreaking in that. Um, and I, d- I think it's not difficult not to see the, the events as comic, even though it's very dark, darkly comic. I think they were quite quite comic events. Um, you know, it does bring up some, you know, there's a bit when he's they're applauding at the start and, you know, they don't know when to stop applauding you know, when they're doing the recording. And, that you know, I think that's based on a real event when Stalin made a speech once and people just would not stop applauding because no one wanted to be the first person to stop applauding because they were scared of being denounced. So, you know, they had to start pushing buttons to stop people from applauding. And, you know, obviously there's a very dark undercurrent of fear through there, but there's also a farce and just a ridiculousness to it, which I think Armand Giannucci brings out really well. Um, You know, I, I don't think it's a cheap joke when Stalin's lying in a puddle of his own piss. I don't think it's just look at the the man in his piss. I think this is kind of the crux of the film where Armando Iannucci really enjoys in a lot of his films taking great men of history or great men of the moment and humanizing them and making them actually completely the same as the rest of us. You know, the, the you know Khrushchev isn't this great amazing, you know, political, you know, he's they're all cronies of Stalin. They're all people who are just born survivors, but kind of rats really to have lived this long. And they the whole film is about them scrambling over each other, pushing each other out the way. And I really like the way Armando Iannucci doesn't go down this idea of this great history and just make them um, real people. I, 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 there are historical inaccuracies through it, but it is a comedy and I give it license to mess around with dates for, for good reasons. And I don't think there's anything in this film, even though there are some pretty glaring historical inaccuracies, like there's the, 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 the slaughter of people getting off a train to come to his funeral. I don't think that happened. Um, but I understand why it's in the film. You know, they needed that to progress the plot. So I don't think they've done anything that didn't need to be done for the film. And also I think if, if you wanted to see a proper historical account of what happened, 
then don't go and watch The Death of Stalin. Go and find out about it in another way. I think it's trying to make a comedy film. And for me, I think it's funny. And I do think it's it's good laughs. It's not cheap laughs. I actually would disagree. So I'd be more a bit, I'd be more with Gav on this. Okay, I just want to follow up a quick question. You say that the uh, the actual circumstances of the death of Stalin were it was it was driven by farce and by fear. You, it carries across the farcical element. Does this film convey the fear? Yeah, and and I think there's there's some real enough touches where it does bring in the fear, and it does bring in without breaking the comedy. It does bring in the real side of what was going on. There's a really really interesting bit that's kind of hidden away in the film where right at the start people are being arrested and taken away and there's a, a father that's obviously been denounced by his son who's taken away the father walks past his son he sees it it's not a funny moment it's not meant to be a funny moment there's no comedy edge to it at all and actually later on when they do the reprieves and people aren't being arrested and shot he's released and sent back to his family and he comes in and the way the actor looks at his son it's really really well done and it's quite a quite an emotional moment and you know it it doesn't break the comedy but it does get across that sense of you know that these were you know terrible times as well so i i I think you know she gets it's not an easy thing for him to do at all and i think he played the line perfectly in this okay okay thank you gentlemen second points who would like to go first probably our casting characters is that what you want to go with so i mean on this one i think for the most part People did a very good job. The acting, I think, is a difficult task. You know, there's a um, you're trying to bring comedy out of a really bleak, um, you know, a really bleak, bleak moment in history. But there's, there's just areas that just are almost uh, distracting. You know, and the fa- I've watched it twice just to make sure. You know, make sure I've got my arguments down straight. A bit like Gav on his uh, on last week's uh, <laughs> thing with Tomb Raider. You know, putting yourself through it twice. And um, and actually, on 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 the second watch, things become you know, a bit more, bit more obvious, you know, that's why I, I'm, I'm not quite as, uh, sort of as big a fan of it as I might've been on the first one. But, um, so like the accents, the first one, I thought this was very clever. That's not how people doing bad Russian accents, but you end up with, um, you know, Cockney accent for, for Stalin. You've got, um, American accent. So English people just do their English accents. American people do their American accents. And it's not too, too bad, but it, it can be a little bit distracting in actual fact, you know, and it helps to build up the the comedy of it and stop you taking it too seriously. But but again, I bring it, bring it back to that the guys are dealing with, you know, real people, real events that are actually quite horrific. And um, it it, do, it feels like it trivializes it just a little bit. And I, again, I don't want to rehash the same argument over again, but it, there are there are, the, there are times there, you know, and I, I really like all of the actors there, you know, Buscemi's in, you know, he's in all of my favourite films. Uh, <laughs> all three of them. I was just going to reel off a load of Adam Sandler films. <laughs> but, but, you know, so, so they, they do, you know, they do do a good job um, of what they've been given to do. But essentially, it's just men in suits arguing with each other. So, you know, they've not got, there's not a whole lot to play with there. But the guys do that. Day in day out, they're very good actors. I'm not going to deny that, and, and they do their job. They, they they turn up and they do well. They do they do that, but it just they've not been given good like a good enough script necessarily. So they're using like cheap English sort of humor. I think there's one like like things that they're still funny, you know, clatter, calling someone a clattering fanny or whatever, you know, or it's <laughs> it, it's funny, <laughs> you know, it, Sorry. it is funny, but um. 
you know, it's people, people are just, they don't get, they don't, the seriousness of what came across isn't, uh, you know, really dealt with properly. And like Beria, he's, he's, he's an evil man, you know, and, and, and in places in this, you know, he, at the start throughout this, you know, you know, she's trying to make a real effort to portray him as, as absolutely evil, you know, a, a real sadist and that, but then he walks out of this room when he's just put a kid in there to, you know, he's it's clearly for, um, to, to be abused and the guys just sort of make light of it, you know, but you know, something for the weekend type job. Um, and he's, um, it, it's just, you know, it, it doesn't deal with just how serious things are. The, the, the script doesn't let the character, well, it, it does let the character do what they want to do, but it's just about, it's too lighthearted at times. You know, some of it should have been uh, dealt with a bit more seriously. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to give much on the characters because the the actual actors are, are good, but the characters themselves uh, are not as bad as they should have been. Right. Okay. So the big point on cast and characters is that although the performances may be solid and that they, you know it's got a good cast and they do a good job, the characters and the way they've been written, um, I suppose essentially it's disrespectful to the victims of, of the Soviet regime. These were not good people. These were in Beria's case, in particular, if I know my history were particularly loathsome people, you know, uh, I think evil is quite an apt word to use for some mm. of them. Are these really the sort of people that should be in a, a comedy movie? Should we be laughing along with them or laughing at them? Or is this a subject that should have been broached by Armando Energy or should it have been left well alone, Gav? Well, uh, firstly, I, I will agree with what Austin said um, it's, uh, with, with regards to Beria. I think at some points he is treated a bit too uh, lightheartedly and, you know, maybe glosses over how much of a shit he was. Um, that There are moments where he does something really sadistic and he does laugh and joke about it. And I do think that, you know, sometimes, you know, he's making light of, of um, sexually abusing somebody or raping somebody. It's a bit sort of a bit on the no- a bit on the nose. Um, and I know what Inucci's trying to do. He's trying to kind of, um, he's trying to make that cavalier approach maybe um, make him seem more loathsome because he's laughing and joking about such a serious and horrific act. Uh, but I think maybe he doesn't deliver it um, to the best of his abilities. Um, and I, I do think as well that uh, some of the characters could have been treated a little bit better. But I, I, I do think that, you know, it's a subject that we should um, touch upon. You know, I don't think it's something that we should just leave or, you know, should be um, resigned to depicting in like a very serious drama. I think the way Inucci's done this is very, very funny. The, the fact that he has picked up on all these characters and he has kind of humanized them in, in a way that Alex said is made them kind of more, more human and not in a good way, just in a sort of this kind of figure that you had in your mind, this evil person, you know, at the end of the day was, it was just like a petulant spoiled child. You know, he's made them kind of uh, more human, but more pathetic in a way. Um, I mean, the characters in this film are, are the absolute driving force of the film and the way they are written, in my opinion, and performed is absolutely perfect. Um, as I alluded to before, uh, one of uh, my biggest gripes in films is actors doing terrible impressions uh, or accents, specifically Russian accents. Uh, that you find them in every other film. Somebody doing a very terrible Russian or Eastern European accent. Now Inucci makes the bold move to just abandon the accents from the get-go, uh, which I think is just brilliant because it brings out the comedy side of it more. Because you know right away, hey, this is a farce because you know there's a, a eclectic mix of different accents here. You know you've got a, 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 you know a, an American and uh, as somebody from Yorkshire, they're supposed to be like a Russian general, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, 
it, it, you know right away it's it's a it's a comedy. If they were trying to do a Russian accent, then you'd think, hang on, what's he trying to dabble in here? Is it is it serious with comedy undertones? Is it what? But you know, right away, you know, this is a comedy film. Um and, and I think this also liberates the actors and allows them to concentrate on their performances. Um I do want, want to point out some characters that I thought thought were really, really good. Um Steve Buscemi, he plays Khrushchev as this sort of nervous and uneasy joker at the beginning. And he makes this transformation as the film goes on into this kind of ruthless political maneuverer. Um, you know, the way he performs, um, when he kind of thinks that um, Beria is going to get one up on him, he tr- tries to pull every trick out of the book. He tries to kind of contact Stalin's children to get the, you know, kind of the first uh, um, you know, shoulder to cry on, but Beria beats him to it. You know, like he has this argument with uh, Michael Palin's character Molotov, um, where he's kind of saying, "Oh, you know, like if, you know, um, if if you side with me, then I'll, I'll free your wife." But Beria's beaten to that as well. You know, he plays this sort of. It's it's almost like a competing child, you know. It's like the sort of middle child uh, syndrome he's got. He, he does it really, really well. Uh, one character I thought was uh, well, one actor I thought was absolutely superb in the film was Simon Russell Beale. I think he was tremendously loathsome as Beria. He absolutely oozes evil, and he revels in this performance as well. I actually hadn't seen Simon Russell Beale in that many things beforehand because uh, I know he's a very big stage actor, um, but I haven't seen a lot of the films that he's been in. But I will go back and watch everything he's been in because he was absolutely tremendous um, it, it, it's very hard to play both evil and funny and he does this absolutely expertly he does walk a very fine line at times as I said earlier you know there's parts where I think we're a bit too light hearted but on the whole I do think that he delivers he he lets us know that you know this was not a nice man uh, those parts where he's kind of laughing and joking about the things the kind of sadistic things that he's done that is to enhance um our perception of how much of a horrible character he is uh, also um you've got uh, isaacs who plays the um the like he gets the biggest laughs he, he's the bullish zukov you know he's a man from a working class background who stuck out um out, out, uh, between his political comrades so isaacs decided to portray him as like this um sort of stiff northerner uh, and he just has the funniest lines uh, he, he has the best comedy delivery i think i've never seen him in a comedy beforehand but he was so so funny in this film uh, it, it, i don't know whether he's done it beforehand or whether this is the first time but i would love to see him in more comedy films he was just kind of so frank and it, you know there, there was a line where um um uh, Steve Buscemi is Khrushchev. He's trying to kind of get uh, Jason Isaacs onto his side and saying, you know, like, oh, come on, side with me and let's kind of overthrow Beria. And he kind of he stops him halfway through and he says, oh, what you're suggesting to me here is, you know, and, he, and he, he starts kind of going into this really serious speech and then he just bursts out laughing halfway through and says, you should see your fucking face. You know, it's very, very funny delivery. And you've got Michael Palin as well as Molotov. He's brilliant as this mousy and pathetic character who is ready to sacrifice his own marriage and his self-respect just to appease Stalin. You know, even when his, his wife is brought into the room, he kind of doesn't want to reconcile with her because he thinks it's some sort of test and he's trying to kind of like push her away and say, no, 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 leave me alone. Um, you've got um, Reesborough and uh, friends. Uh, brilliant as Stalin's children as Svetlana uh, she kind of flips uh, so readily between intelligence and emotionalism and uh, Vasali who is uh, is so pompous and vain even though he's an absolute chronic alcoholic you know these are very very funny characters and the fact is is that like as I said before Inucci isn't kind of making 
these characters be funny. He isn't kind of saying, oh, we've got a character here. I'm going to give him really funny lines because, you know, it, it would be it would be good. He's kind of already, he's taken already funny situations and funny characters and just enhancing them a little bit. And the, the performers, the actors, their delivery is absolutely fantastic and on point throughout. Thank you, Gav. Before I go to Alex, Ozzy, quick rebuttal. Yeah, only one thing there. I totally forgot about uh, Svetlana. I can't remember the, the actress's name, but... Um, in actual fact, she stood out for me as being one of the weaker uh, points, and I don't think it was necessarily her fault. I think she just wasn't given enough to do. So I think some of the there were definitely times wh- where she's there where she could have been incredibly funny and could have been used uh, really poignantly, but um, it just fell short. So she she wasn't given a lot to do, and um, the only other female in the the film is you know who has anything to do is the pianist, but she she's very she's pretty good at her uh, her period as well. You know while she's there, but. Um, but yes, Svetlana just she has some really good opportunities to be funny and you know and, and really hard hitting, but it just just falls short. And I'm not sure whether that was her acting or whether that was just the direction of what she was given. But that was a standout, uh, you know, lackluster section. But but overall, I would get, I would go with Gav that the actual acting is is very good. The character's good, but okay. I I do think that like the actual film is about the the, the, the staff. And it's about the like sort of political infighting as to who's going to be the next leader, and you know his his children are side characters in them. They are they're, they're not big characters. They're used in in a sense as pawns by the other characters. So the fact that they don't have a lot to do or a lot to say in comparison to the other ones, I don't think that's uh, to do with you know the characters themselves or the actors' performance. I just think it's because they're not big and they're not big characters in the film. They're essentially just pawns for other ones to use. Okay. Okay. Alex, I'm going to need you to give me your opinion on this one. So they're pretty much in agreement that for the most part, the cast are good, apart from maybe Andrea Riseborough. If you want to clarify that one for me, feel free. The issue is the characters. It's, it's The big question is, is this a suitable subject for comedy? Are these suitable cam- uh, comedy characters? Should this have been done? Or are, now that someone has decided to do it, have they gone about it tastefully and respectfully? Should these characters have been committed to cinema in this fashion? Okay, just to... I, I thought Andrea Risborough... Is it Risborough? I say Risborough. Risborough, Risborough. I thought she was pretty good in it. Um, not standout, but definitely not, like, standout bad either. I, I thought she was I thought she was pr- pretty good in it. The, the cast are really good in this. It's a really strong cast. And, you know, talking about should these characters be made, like, like I said before, yeah, that there is inherent farce in this period of history. So I would say, yes, I, I think a comedy could be made... Not easily, but it has been done. You know, a, f- a few points, uh, Ozzy said it wasn't a good script. I would massively disagree with that. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic script. Maybe not a fantastic script, actually, because a lot of the thing they're doing with the accents, and I think one of the reasons Inucci let them do their own accents, I think, was to let them improvise. And I think there is quite a lot of improv in this f- f- throughout the film. And it works really well, the interplay between the different characters. I, I think that's fantastic. There's a lot of swearing, but I'm not. I, I don't mind swearing. I think if it's done well, I like really good swearing. And there's a bit where I cannot remember which character. So he comes in and he's like again, you know, you're humanizing these grand men and making them seem pathetic. He's barging in through the guards to see to come into Stalin's room, and there's a bit where he goes, "Get out of my way, you fannies!" And <laughs> it's just it just made me laugh. I, I took, so, uh, you know, slow mo. It was done that, well. It was just this. I 
No, no, it was it was someone else. I cannot remember. Uh, it, it was it was a Dermot Crowley. I think it might be uh, Kaganovich. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it introduces the Labour <laughs> yeah. Minister. Yeah. It, 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 and it's just that you know, it's just that juxtaposition between. Yeah, this is what he probably might have said as he was barging past guards. You know, I also think there's some fantastic lines. I really love that one where um, Steve Buscemi's Khrushchev, Khrushchev is talking to the pianist. And she's talking, she's a committed Christian. She's saying about, you know, I don't mind, you know, I'm, I, I don't fear being imprisoned. You know, I've got an afterlife. And Buscemi goes, who the fuck would want an afterlife, you know? And it, I, I love the way he does it because he actually doesn't talk to the camera. He actually does delivers that line off screen, which is interesting. And I really like. So I thought the script was fantastic. And I'm actually going to disagree with both what Gav and Ozzy have said here when they were saying it was being treated lighthearted, especially I think talking about Berrier. I didn't get that impression at all, actually. I thought um, Simon Russell Beale nailed Berrier perfectly. You know, in a comedy film, I think he made him absolutely risible and really a hateful figure. Like, I didn't get the sense that Berrier was light-hearted at all. You know, there's that scene when he's, uh, he's, he's taken a woman and he, I think Berrier was a sexual predator and he took this, took, takes a girl into a room, there's flowers and, you know, he ov- ov- obviously rapes her. And that that's not funny. Do you know what I mean? There's no comedy. There's no comedy element of getting her in a room. There's no farce about that at all. That is clearly just, that is a terrible thing to happen. And it's awful. And Barry is not, that's not, to, that's not made light of at all. And it's also true. You know, I think, I think at the, when Barry would sleep with someone, he'd give them flowers at, afterwards. And they had to accept the flowers because they, if they didn't accept the flowers, it was, it was like, it was like an admission that something non-consensual had happened and it'd very soon be disappeared. So, you know, it's historically accurate as well as I thought, well done again, not easy to do. And, you know, just to come back to, you know, the whole thing is just pulling down these characters. And you're asking about, should these comic characters, should these characters be comic? Absolutely. And I think this is a great time in history right now to make, I know, to, 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 tear down the idea of great men the idea that the history is written by great men when actually stalin is this pathetic paranoid egotist who can't take any criticism can, you know can you think of a world leader right now that we have that might you know that, that could have those similar characteristics you know <coughs> <laughs> yeah so i think this film's timely and i think i think the idea of great men should be a comedy film because actually all of these things you know you, you know stalin was a, a pathetic egotist and i don't think it's a bad way to portray him it doesn't lessen his crimes but it's this idea of a mastermind no it was it was it was a paranoid weakling you know that 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 was had this state around him to to carry out his terrible orders so for me no i I think this is a really really good fantastic film with a very very clear and well-delivered message Okay, thank so, you very much. W- with Gav, if, if that didn't wasn't clear. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just about surmised. <laughs> okay, I think it's time for closing statements. Who would like to take the lead on a minute statement? I have no timer. If someone could uh, keep I've, an eye. I've got a timer. There we go, I'll leave this one to Alex. Closing statement, Austin. Okay, go. so bear in mind that, uh, that Alex has got a real grudge against me for constantly putting his films onto the shit list. <laughs> and, uh, and that, beside the point, so this film has incredible promise, right? I believe that it's, I believe it's possible to, uh, to, to make anything a comedy um, if you make it funny enough. And I just feel that this film just isn't funny enough. The jokes are there, but they're, they're funny, not in a pushing boundaries type of way, just more in a, you know, like... This feel feel bad saying this, but like a Sasha Baron Cohen type one, you know, like really lazy, lowest common denominator stuff. Um, it just felt cheap. Uh, it doesn't poke strongly enough at the regime. 
I don't think it does the victims justice by uh, by letting them get away with that. Um, there are some really deplorable acts of rape, paedophilia, and, uh, and murder that are only mentioned briefly, and you know, just as a joke by extras. Uh, the film's flipping with the facts and times such as these. It's more important than ever that the truth isn't twisted just for a good story. Some of the errors and omissions and additions that it, uh, I can't be asked by trivialise the mass murder, you trivialise the deaths of the victims. Wow. <laughs> right at the end, come in with that one. My word. Shit. <laughs> I had another two paragraphs there, but because I tried to get any little jibe at Alex, he <laughs> uh, came back and it bit you. I threw my timing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh right so uh that's the Gattaca bitch <laughs> <laughs> so to pick up where Austin left off trivializing the deaths of thousands of victims Gav <laughs> uh no it doesn't uh, no it's uh, this is a superbly cast film acted with fierce determination by an all-star cast every single performer is on point to ensure not a single moment of screen time is wasted the plot is so relevant to today that it's unnerving but the expertly written script and pace in which it's delivered keeps us gripped from the moment it starts until the credits roll the laughs are constant and so pitch black that they're almost unsettling it never asks us to laugh at the cruelty of the uh, the time or the situation but instead makes us laugh at the sheer absurdity of it it doesn't trivialize things it kind of makes things uh, it pokes fun at the absurdity of the situation and i think it's done with just the amount of respect that it deserved okay gong gong (laughs) (laughs) nicely done nicely done (laughs) oh my Okay, uh, so I've got a fair bit to consider. I, I've got a good page of notes here. Are we going to distract ourselves with some trivialization? With a quiz. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> with a quiz. Right, this one is a quiz I like to call. Okay, right, so what Austin pointed on something earlier when he said that in this film they don't use terrible Russian accents but instead go with their own accents. I said that it was a big bugbear of mine. So I want you guys to tell me whether... Russia Beyond, which is a Russian lifestyle and cultural website, voted these eight Russian accents or attempts of Russian accents as either good or bad in a quiz I like to call From Russia With Love. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. Okay, so number one, Liam Neeson in K-19. Is that good or bad? Uh, it is bad. Bad. It's got to be bad. bad. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, uh, very, very bad, it said. Uh, they actually said that he couldn't be bothered, and halfway through he just decided to give up and went back to Irish. <laughs> Number two, Robin Williams in Moscow on the Hudson. Good or bad? I have never even heard never of Never heard film. of it or seen it. Um... Robin Williams is a talented man. I'm going to say maybe good. I want it to be good. good I'm going to say bad. Uh, well, okay, so... It's bad. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, they said the thing is, is that he the determination which he delivered it was very, very applaudable. He went. He, he, he was enthusiastic. That means was, uh, I, I, I say that a lot in my job. <laughs> he went proper method on this and actually learned Russian, but they just said the accent was just a bit too poor and over the top. Here we go. Number three, Kate Blanchett, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It was bad, no matter what they said. Um, I mean, I'm going to hope for good. I'm going to go on, Kate. I'm going to go with Dave. I'm going to say good. Sorry, Brucey. It is good. <laughs> they, they said that, the, that uh, there were hints of British that came throughout, but the fact that she had some very, very uh, difficult parts to perform, they kept uh, the accent throughout and overall it was quite good. 
maybe maybe it was good. I'm just thinking of the film rather than the accent. <laughs> I think if you're in Indiana Jones and the fact that you still turn up to act in, in Indiana Jones uh, four, I think you know, like you got to get some credit for that in the first True. place. Uh, okay, number four, Tom Hardy, Child Forty Four, good or bad? Good. He's a he's a good actor. I'm not so sure how he is with accents. So I'm going to say bad. I'm going to say bad as well. See, I watched this and I thought it was quite bad, but they've given it good. Um, Yeah, they said it was a little nasal and overtone at times, but very good and ominous at times. Um, So yeah, number five, here we go, guys. Podcast favorite, Gary Oldman in Air Force One, good or bad? (laughs) Uh, Bad. Good. Come on, Gary. Come on, Gary. I'm going to say, I'm going to say bad and I'm glad he's in it with a bad accent. (laughs) I'd rather have him in it with a bad accent than not in it without an accent (laughs) (laughs) anyway drum roll good oh really well go on Gary he said his accent wasn't bad especially in the calmer parts but it became it it was a bit odd at the times he was quite angry but on the whole good do Um, we need to go back and revisit Air Force One (laughs) maybe maybe we do maybe we do right number six Mickey Rourke in Iron Man 2 good or bad Mm, I don't remember it being good. I'm going to go bad. He can barely speak in an American accent. <laughs> I'm going to say bad. I'm going to say bad as well. I also thought it was going to be bad, but what? Mickey Rourke was on. He was one of the highest rated ones there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They, they commended him for the effort that he went into learning it. He spent time in a Russian prison to prepare for his role. That wasn't in preparation for the role. Wow. <laughs> He just said that to get out. We know who Mickey Rourke is. But yeah, and they said on the whole, you know, uh, w- w- with the kind of range of emotions that he had to deliver as well, he did a very good job. Did you have a range of emotions in Iron Man 2? <laughs> Mickey <laughs> Rourke! They're just, big, they're, they're just big, big Mickey Rourke fans. <laughs> okay, number seven, Clint Eastwood in Firefox. Good or bad? Mm, I haven't seen it, but it's Clint, so I want it to be good. <laughs> bad, bad, doubly bad. It's got to be bad. They, they all hate Clint. This is one of the worst ones, yeah. <laughs> bad. They said uh, it was very, very confusing at times, and on the whole, very bad. <laughs> I don't even speak Russian, and I knew that was an horrific yeah. Russian accent. <laughs> okay, uh, and the last one here, number eight, John Malkovich in Rounders. Good or bad? Um, pay him his money. I, I, I liked it, so I'm going to say good. Uh, to my untrained ear, I'm going to say that might have been actually quite good. I'm going to say good. I've not said good yet, so I'm going to say good. Well, <laughs> you're all wrong. <laughs> it was the worst voted one out of all. <laughs> it, it was quite hammy. <laughs> the, the only one that scored worse was Arnold Schwarzenegger in Red Heat. <laughs> and but, he didn't even try. <laughs> yeah, and it was very, very bad. So I'm gone. They're good. Good hand. Catching that jack on the turn, you got lucky there. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It, it is. It is as good, good as I remember yeah, it. No, good handle. Same. Same. Anyway, thank you very much, guys. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Back over. Thank you. Yeah. Back over to me. Right. Okay. So I've had a bit of a, a bit of a think about this one. There's a few points that I thought you both made it particularly well. Uh, I see where Austin's coming on about uh, cheap humour maybe making a little too much use of liberal swearing and what have you. But then it is what I was talked around by the fact that, no, you know what, it, it kind of works. It is called for at times. And you know what, if we were in this actual situation watching these guys in real life, I bet they were swearing their heads off right now. <laughs> it was, uh, 
The performances, everyone agreed, were very good. <laughs> Gav, you all right? <laughs> no, I've just read something. I, I'll, I'll tell you in a bit. Tell us in a bit, okay. <laughs> the performances, everyone was in agreement, were very good, particularly, uh, particularly kudos to Simon Russell Beale, who did not have an easy task in betraying Beria, who was arguably one of the most loathsome of the old Bolsheviks. He actually did a very good job by all accounts. Um, it may whitewash over the human rights violations of the Soviet Union, to a degree, Austin said. But Gav said, no, it doesn't. They are there, they are mentioned, and they're not even meant to be, they're not meant to be funny. This is where the comedy stops momentarily and then picks it up in a bit after you've had this chance to really get an image. And it does, from what I gather, present an image of what it was at that time and that the, these horrible things were going on. Alex mentioned the uh, the scene with the flower, uh, the girl gets flowers at the gates of Beria's uh, Dhaka. And uh, yeah, from what I gather from history... That's actually accurate. That that did happen. He did used to have a guard present the girls with flowers, horrifically. Um, so yeah, and Austin did mention historical inaccuracies uh, to go with the, the the ones they got right. He mentioned the fact that people's ranks were gotten wrong. Um, I did a little research into the historical aspects of this. The thing was, when I looked at all these people that were in uh, the council, they all had the same rank from what I gathered, they all pretty much carried something along the lines of first deputy chairman of the council of ministers. He had about five or six of these guys, the guys that are in this film all held that same rank. Um, they all had various ministries they were overseeing, but the actual titles, minister of defense, foreign minister had kind of been dissolved. I think, I mean, Gav's girlfriend, she won't be able to tell us a bit more about what actually went on here. But as I understand that would have been a bit confusing if they all possessed the same title. So I get why they changed mm. that and kind of simplified it a bit for the, uh, for the audience. Um, I see what Gav's saying about uh, Svetlana being sidelined. It's like the, the kids of Stalin were not political players. They were pawns. They probably were there to be sidelined. And I think the film carries that quite well. And I got to admit, I did like, um, what was it? I, I, I did highlight something here. Uh, it's probably I said it. <laughs> well, it, it's actually it's actually not in your line. Actually, um, it's, it's something someone else said about. There's a reason this film came out now. If you talk about uh, current context and what's going on, I, I always say there's a reason certain films come out. Yep. And if you look closely, yeah, there, there is definitely a motive behind the release of this mm. one now. And I think there's a point which has swung it that Austin made, where he said it was a brave choice for Amanda Iannucci to mm. tackle this subject matter and they carry it on in a way. And you know what? They both agreed it was funny. Well, the, one of the one things comedy's got to be, it's got to be funny, and he did it. It was a brave choice, very bold, a lot of very controversial decisions, a lot of things that could have misfired, but by the sounds of it, it didn't. Most of it he pulled off, and this was not an easy task, so it's a hit. Mm. I, I, I sort of think that round of applause should go to Austin. <laughs> for doing a very good job on prosecution of that. Like, well done. Like, I, 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 I watched it and I was just thinking, thank Christ, I am not, not prosecuting this. this. I fucking loved it. I thought yeah. it was <laughs> Both times. I thought yeah. it was. because <laughs> you bloody loved it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're all in agreement that it was very good. No, it was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything that you agreed on that you said there in Austin? Uh, no, I actually thought it was just on the right side of uh, 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 of the line for you know the respect. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure there's people who would find it yeah. disrespectful. I'm sure that there's always people who will be able to to say no, it took it too far. But I actually thought, and I'm 
actually, you know, I'm probably not the right person. I, I liked, um, I like look who's back and things like that. You know, there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of things I'm into, but that, that's right up my street. That's a film, you know, I thought it was, um, I thought it was on the right light, the yeah. right side of disrespect. Yeah. By the way, it, like that look who, look who's back about Hitler coming back yeah. and into modern Germany. If, if you want to see a film that definitely goes along <laughs> that red line of what's acceptable. I mean, it's interesting to put that one on trial, but God, I wouldn't want to defend it. Yeah. But, yeah. I think with regards to this film, it did, it did take on a very difficult subject matter and it, it pulled it off. I yeah. think from what I gather, um, yeah, well done. Iannucci. So higher or lower than the dark Knight? I, I, can't, I still can't believe it got <laughs> 9 out of 10. I'm going to say higher than The Dark Knight. Higher? Oh, did The Dark Knight get 9 out of 10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh. know. It's surprising, isn't it? No, actually, I think, yeah. I think it's it was it was that good. Okay. Right. I think it's going to be lower. I think it may have fallen flat. I, don't, I think this is one of those films, a lot of people have gone to see it not knowing what to expect. That's true. And may not have gotten what they expected. So okay. I think lower than okay, that. Okay, yeah, it is lower. Wait, what are we saying here? Eight. Um, 7.3. 8.2. No, I'm going to... I'm going to midway, 7.7. Uh, well done, Dave. Nearly on the money there, really? 7.2 out of 10. Shit. Oh, well, happy yeah. days. That's well not done. Well done. than I thought. Uh, so before we wrap things up here, let's have a little bit of our caption contest. Uh, so what I do here is I take a snippet of the film and I ask our friends and followers to put a caption to it. Uh, the scene here is it's Beria and um, Khrushchev uh, uh, discovering uh, Stalin's dead body on the floor. Um, so I've asked everybody to put a caption to it with the winner winning a possible Freddo, right? So possible Freddo. Possible or Freddo. an actual Freddo. An actual Freddo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> an actual Fred. Yeah, it's, uh, ignore that. An actual Freddo. Right, so we've got two comments here. The first one, I told him not to take the piss out of my suit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quite good. I, I, I like that. And the second one, oh, this is what I was laughing at before. Oh, <laughs> is this what is this what distracted you during the wrap up? Yeah, it distracted me big time. Um, okay, I just honestly, I told you the lads' trip to Salisbury was a bad idea. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! That. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I you mean, know that, uh, uh, you know that point I made a little earlier about being disrespectful to the victims. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, my, I mean, my word. <laughs> oh, that, that's on the nose. That's satire. Was you knew she said that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who deserves a Fredo there, guys? Salisbury, I think. Mm. Oh, I, don't I, should re- I don't know if I should reward that, but I mean, it, is, it is pretty on the nose. Yeah, <laughs> I think that. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you're the deciding uh, factor there. I, I think you've got to. Pick yeah, it. no, I, 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 I think it is, it is very, very on the nose. But it's it, that is a that is a joke that any sort of um, political comedian would be proud of. I think so. Congratulations to Amelia, Mary. Uh, you have just won yourself a Fredo. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Right. Yes. Okay. So we're going to wrap things up here, guys. Um, so we have drawn um, the next film to be reviewed out of the hat, and it's going to be The Hateful Eight. Mm, so, how does everyone feel about that? Okay. Okay. Well, what roles, what, have, yeah, what what roles, roles have we got? Oh, we oh, the roles have been drawn on random as well. In defense of The Hateful Eight is Dave. In prosecution, it's going to be Joel. The role of judge is going to be Alex. <laughs> and the role of uh, character witness is going to be myself and Austin. You know, so, I would have liked to be in prosecutor, but I'll take judge. 
<laughs> it's going to be our shortest episode yet oh for god's sake <laughs> okay so just to say thank you very much for everyone who has listened to this episode and all of our previous episodes you can catch our future episodes and all our back catalogue on our website filmsontrial.co.uk or on iTunes Films on Trial uh, why not follow us on Twitter at Film Trials suggest us a film to put in the hat and we will review it um, also while you're on Twitter why not check out our good friends Austin Ray and Winston Sang at Aussie Way and at the underscore quirks respectively also check us out on Facebook YouTube and Instagram Films on Trial uh, so we will be in your ears next week with the hateful eight thank you everybody and goodbye <laughs> <laughs>